Absolutely be a fan of Bastholes now. All right, Timberwolves fans, welcome back to this edition of Timberwolves Talk with Peyton and Chris here. Um, it's been about two weeks, I think, oh, since the last one. I, no I way. Be, man. It might be. That's all right. It doesn't matter as, uh, as but, long as we're here. We, we stuck a live stream in there. I mean, we, we yeah. were putting out content. One, one thing per week, I think, is is a bare minimum that we've been doing. But yeah. No, we always say we're gonna. We're, we can't really <laughs> promise you guys anything. We can't make. We can't no. make promises anymore. Consistency but, um, is not key with us. No, it's been it's been a good past two weeks of Timberwolves basketball. Um, you know, we had the six game win streak in there. Um, couldn't make it to seven games. I think there's some stat where we're like one of the only teams who has hasn't had a seven game win streak for years. Um, we also are undefeated at home since the new year. Seven to zero, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, only team in the NBA to do that. That's pretty impressive. And we snuck in some really good wins um, within this big winning streak of what, like fourteen and five or something like that, fifteen and five. Um, you know, we won the Nets game, we won a Nuggets game, we won a Warriors game. Um, I'm trying to think of some more. We Kings, we, Kings. I mean, yeah, we we snuck out some some good games. Um, and even the even the lower lower opponents, we had some tough tough games. I mean, we only beat the Blazers by two, uh, yeah. but we found a way to win. We only beat the Hornets by you know we had to beat the Hornets in overtime. Um, had to find a tough way to win that game. And uh, yeah, I know there, there's a couple more in the back of my head too. But it, it's it's been you know morale is up four games above 500. What do you what are you thinking about that? Well, yeah, you're talking about the morale. I I think. Um... Uh, talking point obviously we should talk about is we didn't make a trade at the deadline and um i think the morale would be completely different if we would have traded away one of our players i don't know if it was the right move or not but we wanted to keep the morale up and that's exactly what we did and it carried over into these games after after the deadline i was at the uh at the hornets game last night and man that place was fun and d'lo all credit to d'angelo russell some people might not like it for those comments but i i stand completely behind him with those and, you know, I love having a player, like, challenge a team. And what did he do? He bought 250 tickets, lower level. And what did we do? We all stood up until that first basket. And it did take a while. It did take a while for them to get that first basket. It was like <laughs> – I was going to ask. I feel like – because I didn't get to watch the first part of the game. So I, I heard it took a little bit of, a little bit of time, but that's kind of just to be expected when you implement something like this your first time doing it. You're, the crowd's going to be standing for a little bit. It's just – it's just how it works. Yeah, and I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it was D'Angelo Russell who hit the three so we could sit down. So that was, it was fitting. I mean, he's getting the crowd going. Pat Bev loved it. He uh, He's a lunatic when you watch him in person. It's it's ridiculous, the stuff he does. That's another thing we got to address too is the uh, contract. We can get all, yes, get to all that later. All but that. It, was, it did seem like a hype game. Uh, it was be at, awesome. Every, Playoff everything, atmosphere. Everything was great. Did the, did the PA announcer was that did he make any like announcements like stand until you're yeah uh... yep they had the uh, they had graphics going on the big screen everything and we were way up in the nosebleeds but we still stood still nice. stood yeah that's good to, good to hear so you you addressed it earlier but the trade deadline um 
honestly, I I I was kind of expecting us to make one move. Um, you were, you were. Yeah, I was expecting a, either one or two minor moves. I didn't think we were gonna do anything major at all. Um, but yeah, with all the, we, there was a lot of rumors circulating around the Timberwolves at the deadline. You know, as there the usually is, as yeah, there as usually, there usually is. is. Um, you know, the Marcus Smart one was the biggest one. The Josh Richardson, um, Aaron Nesmith. There's a few names that are floating around. Um, but yeah, we didn't do anything. We stood pat. We kept the chemistry. Um, that's kind of what Finch and Sachin said. They wanted to keep the chemistry together of this group. And I, I think it makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's one like really, I think there's a question that like all Timberwolves fans are thinking in the back of your head that I wanted to ask you is, is not trading Malik going to bite us in the behind in the playoffs it for the could. rest of the season? It very well could, but you're talking to Malik Beasley's favorite fan. So what I would like to say is I think it might be the best move we ever made. And I can sit there last night and watch him play one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen and still say, I believe in this guy. I think that I think that what Chris Finch did last night is exactly how you handle Malik Beasley. If he goes in, misses five shots in a row, and he's just not hitting it, you just take him out for the rest of the game. And I think everyone should be okay with that. Malik Beasley, if, if you miss five open threes in a row, you're done. And you can't complain about that because you're on the team to make threes. But if he makes that first three, it's a whole different story. He's making four or five or even six that game. So it just depends what version of Malik Beasley we get in the playoffs and his lack of defensive ability, really, you know, it could come back yeah. to bite us. Yeah. It's I, the thing that I have trouble with Malik this year. And I've said it before is he was one of our most consistent players. Like he'd always get his, no matter what, um, he didn't always have the craziest games, but he was just always getting us, you know, good consistent points. And it seems like this year, it's like it's either 18 points on five or six threes or, or bust. And yep. I'd rather him just score, go out there and get nine points for us, hit a couple threes, miss a few. I mean, we need some consistent production from him. It can't just be hit or miss every single game. And I think that's the biggest issue, obviously, fans of Malik have and, you know, fans of the Timberwolves is we've seen him do – we've seen him be a third scorer on this team, you know, before Ant even came and – I don't know, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully regular season Malik gets ditched and we get playoff Malik and playoff Malik's a whole entire person. And that's that happens for some players. So, yeah, I think we, I think I, I could I could it, ring, it has a ring to it. Playoff Malik playoff Malik and maybe post all star break Malik. Maybe he just needs this this week just to get out of town with uh, with the family and just enjoy some time away from the game. And just, you know, sometimes that's all you need. Um, what was I going to say? Torian Prince. He's another player that when he's on. He's fantastic. And I was telling my uncle this, who I was at the game with last night, because in the first half, uh, right when that bench lineup came in, they were horrible. We had a we had a pretty good lead. I might um, maybe a 10 point lead. And the bench lineup came in, gave up that whole lead. And it's kind of hit or miss with the bench. If they're making threes, if Torian Prince, Malik, Nas are all hitting threes, then we have one of the best benches in the NBA. But if they're missing threes. We have one of the worst benches. We, our bench is not good when they're not making shots, and we can and that can really be a liability when we don't have a single starter out there. So we need to find consistency, not just with Malik Beasley, also with Torian Prince, Nas Reed. All these guys got to start being more consistent if we really want to have a shot at this like we think we do. Yeah, like you were saying, um, that little stretch of games where they scored like 68 points off the bench, 53, 57. Like it was like a three-game stretch. I'm like, this looks like the best – 
this looks like this bench lineup. The, the bench lineup was outplaying starting lineups. And it was time. more fun to watch them than the starters, I thought, because they just how well they play together. They're all pat like they have the greatest ball movement and they are so unselfish. They will always make the extra pass and sometimes to a fault. There's times when they will make an extra pass when they had a wide open shot. But the bench unit, I think, is our Achilles heel. And it also is what could elevate us to maybe go for a run in the playoffs if our bench is clicking, especially with your guy who you might need to, you might owe an apology to right now, J-Mac. Uh, what do you got to say about that, Chris? Yeah, J-Mac's had a really good stretch of basketball. I think the the game where I kind of realized like how good he was playing was the 12 and 12 game. Um, he was passing the ball so well. Um, playing defense actually was, was a big thing for him too. And just making the easy shots, making the open threes, making the layups. Um, obviously there's still holes in J max game. Um, some of them that he can't control, like he's, he's six feet tall or five eleven, one of the two. Um, he's not the best defender. So, I mean, I like to trade off his passing for maybe a little bit worse defense. You could kind of see, you know, last night with LaMelo getting matched up on him on switches um, with Jaden. It was, it was pretty tough for McLaughlin to hold him. Um, but no, I thought he'd been playing really well. I think he solidified himself actually as the, the second unit guard. Um, and that, that other guard spot on the second unit is, is still kind of open for interpretation, which I thought was, you know, was interesting um, it seems like Finch has been valuing Malik over Noel actually of late. I don't, I wanted to hear what you had to think about that too, well, but we yeah. saw, we saw Noel for that stretch where he was getting 14 points a game, 50 and 20. And that was, he really broke out when everyone had COVID and that's how he kind of earned his spot. And it's kind of diminished over the last two weeks. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, Finch has got to figure out what to do in that situation. Cause last night at the game, um, he was going with Malik. Malik wasn't hitting the shots. So when the second half came around, instead of subbing in Malik, he subbed in Noel. Now, I think when Malik Beasley's on, I would argue that he is more valuable to have on the court than Jalen Noel. When he's that knockdown shooter shooting five for six from the three, I'd rather have him out there. So I think because he's been having he had a pretty great stretch there. And I think Finch kind of was like, all right, like. I want Malik Beasley to get his confidence back. I want him to keep playing well like this, so I'm going to let him run, and maybe Jalen Noel is not going to get as much clock. So I don't know. I, I really like having Jalen Noel out there, especially with the bench unit when the shots aren't falling. I think that he's just a great shot creator because none of those guys really can make their own shot. And Jalen Noel, when any no, it doesn't matter who is guarding him, he can get a shot off. No, I, I agreed. hundred percent agreed. I think the dilemma that Finch has, like, I, I really do think this is what he's thinking is we have a lot of backup guards and they all do pretty different things. Like right. you have, J so when Pat Bevan D'Lo, you know, sub out when they're out of the game, it's who do we put on that floor, you know, after them. And as of late, it's been McLaughlin and Malik. And I think the reasoning for that over Noel, um, cause I think a Noel, Beasley backcourt at this point is just they both cannot play defense they both are very very bad defenders um and in this league point guards are going to eat you up if you cannot defend they're going to either get easy layups or pass right out of it to an open shooter you got to be able to stay in front of these guards nowadays and those two both cannot play defense and the other thing those two cannot do is pass the ball very well and you know when I think Jordan McLaughlin might not be better than those two players, you know, overall, he can do the things that point guards need to do to facilitate an offense. 
And especially when the guys around him are hitting threes, it, it really makes him look a lot better. I don't know. I think I've always liked the idea of having Noel play that backup point guard position. I think that he could really thrive there, but you're right. His defense is a liability. And was he hurt? Was he hurt there for a little bit? Did he have a little, I was there a little a few games where he was, ha- he was battling with something. I feel like that. I thought so. Might've been I the case. I don't, so that might've played a role in it, but, um, but I don't know, man. I, uh, I love the bench when they're when they're hitting their shots, especially Torian Prince. He's become one of my favorite players. He's got one of the prettiest jump shots I've ever seen. And when that thing's going in and he just starts like doing post fadeaways and stuff, you're like, wow, this guy might might be worth being the fourth highest paid player on the team. But yeah, sometimes yeah, he's, you... he's been great. He has. I mean, you, I mean, you hit on it. The three point the three point shot has been when it's fallen. He's going to it's it looks great. Looks like a great looks like a great bench move. Um and I think the thing that he really provides too is that defense. I yes. I think when Torian Torian's always gonna play defense, but when he's hitting the threes, he's that 40, 40%, you know, three point shooter that's gonna get you eight points and he's gonna defend. That's the guy we wanted from Brooklyn. For sure, man. So another point I want to bring up tonight, Wolves play uh Toronto or Toronto, as I should say. It's not Toronto as I we learned in eighth grade, but um so I don't I don't know if this this will be out until tomorrow morning, but what I'm hoping for, Anthony Edwards questionable. I really think that it would be wise to sit him out of the game tonight. And you know, I know it'd be great for publicity and stuff. I hope we sit him out of the rising stars challenge as well. I want to get your take on that and see what you got to say. Yeah, I agree. Um if it you know, I think it's a right ankle sprain, is what he got died, whatever happened. Yeah, but he's got but... the knees too. He's got the knees, he's yeah. been battling those knees the left something tendon yeah i don't i don't know what the heck is wrong he there's a lot of drama surrounding him with the with the knee injuries you know he had d saying he's fine and then ants not telling people how he's feeling and i just watched an episode of track the pack actually a new one that came out and it, it was like three weeks ago and he was complaining about his knees on the bench so i mean this has been going on for a long time now um just get it get him a week of rest that's all we need we don't need him to play tonight a guy who i really want to see you know, if, if Anthony Edwards doesn't play tonight is, is Jaden McDaniels because he's been a borderline, the team MVP with cat and Ant the past few days and weeks, you know, Jaden McDaniels, is, he's been playing his best basketball of his career. Last night. Um, he had a putback dunk that was allegedly a goaltending. I wish Finch would have challenged he got up, it, man. He got up. It was right in front of my face. And I, that was incredible. That uh, he he was making some some great players pointing at his brother on the bench. Like he, um, it was awesome. He his smiled. Bro- he smiled last night. He was court. having fun, man. It's family <laughs> business over there. His whole family's there. Like that was that was awesome. And I couldn't even just imagine, dude. Imagine having two of your kids. What are they? One year apart. Mm-hmm. Both in the league. Like that's, that's insane. Awesome, insane. He's been great, man. He's been so fun to watch. Um, you know, we, we both cast our doubts at the beginning of the season, like when he wasn't, you know, replicating his second half of the last season. But we, we, we no, but we did say we to wait on him. He's he's a developmental player and he's playing the best basketball of his career by far. And by he's far. still he's still missing some corner threes, which I would like to see him hit more consistently. But yeah, he's been playing great, dude. Um my uncle who he doesn't follow the wolves very uh like in-depthly, but he's he's a big basketball fan. He said he he reminds him a lot of a young Scottie Pippen. And I've heard that I've heard yeah, that we co- heard that before. I've heard that before, but I think 
what was so like eye-opening with him saying that is I don't think he follows the NBA. Like, I don't think he's heard that. I think that was just his raw judgment of him is maybe he looks, he plays like a young Scotty Pippen. So I, my answer is that is we got to find a young Mike for him. That's right. We might, man. we might have one. We might have, we one. might, we might. He just yeah, has that, too much hair. That's right. Back, <laughs> back to, I know you were saying about the, I, I think we should sit him out. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he can get healthy this next week and a half or whatever, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, man, he's uh he's one of the most dur- like knock on wood, but he up to this point he has been very durable, almost like unbelievably durable. The only time he sat out was COVID, right? Did he has he even sat out with an injury yet? Uh, I don't believe so. I think he played all every single game last year, and then yeah, up to this point, I I think COVID maybe like one one night or two, but maybe, but. Yeah, you gotta rest him. You gotta get him. You see all these other stars around the league getting their random sitting. So like, I think it just makes a lot of sense coming off the the second end of a back back to back. Just rest him. Um, if we win this game, great. If we don't win this game, not the end of the world. We're gonna be okay. But yeah, I think it'll be a great game tonight against Toronto. So here's here's a question to pose though: Is if there's another injury replacement and Anthony Edwards gets selected, like you gotta play. You gotta play. You gotta play. In your you gotta play. Game. Yeah. So that's you I gotta mean, go there. Maybe maybe you don't have to play that many minutes, but you have to go. Yeah. You well. See, I think he should go to the Rising Stars Challenge. I just don't think he should play, especially he's like, is Lamelo in the Rising Stars? Yeah. He shouldn't play. Like when you're an uh, like a borderline all star, you should not be in the Rising Stars because you are a star. You know what I'm saying? I, like I'm excited to see Jaden play in that. I might, yeah, I, might no, I, I might watch that game just to watch Jaden. That's what I'm saying. I think it's more of a game tailored towards players like Jaden, like Rising Stars, not players that are. Mic cut out there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, my mic cut out, but um, I think it's for players that are. You know, as the name as the name says, rising into stardom, just like Jade McDaniels. I don't think Anthony Edwards needs to play in that game. No, probably not. Probably not. I guess touching on another piece of news is we we mentioned the Patrick Beverly thirteen million dollar extension. I saw a lot of people saying he got overpaid. Well, I don't know what you think of that. Well, yeah. So I was I saw our guy Dane. Um, I think he basically was saying Pat wanted a three year, eleven million dollar deal per year. Um, and we didn't want to bet like we're not we're not gonna pay an old vet like that that much money like that long term of a deal. So it was kind of like, all right, I'll sign a smaller deal, I'll sign a short term deal, but it's gonna be for more money. And I think he's worth every penny of that, even if he doesn't play a single game next year. Just having him around and just like showing that we support that really sends a message to this team, and that's kind of what it's all about at this point, especially after not doing the trade deadline thing. So I'm all for it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I think it's good to sign the one year deal too because it provides um you know much needed cap flexibility for for the next year you know just a one year deal he's just going to be on the books for you know one year and you, you can make the decision that year if you want to keep him around for another year I mean that's just kind of how it works um you know the second year of Ant and Jaden's contracts so you know after this year's up the team's going to accept the two year team contract um. And then, you know, we're looking in about two years. That's when they're going to be eligible for extensions. I'm assuming Ant, you know, depending on if he makes that all-star game or not. I mean, he's going to be making $30 million a year, probably about a five-year, 150-something. 
you know, if he makes an all NBA team within that period, it, it could go up to like five year, 200 million, which I would pay him, sure, which I'd pay him. And I, I think Jane McDaniels is going to need a, a sizable contract as well, probably around the 14, 15 million mark. Um, yeah. I mean, that's when Malik's going to be off and then Pat Bev will just go year to year. So I think, it, I think it's a smart move. Yeah. The future is looking real bright, man. And I, I just, I can't say this enough. I love that. And you know, Gupta, like them saying that they wanted to keep the chemistry alive and all this. That's what someone who would, who tried to get deals done that no deals got done. Maybe that's what they would say. And that's also what Finch would say. So I, I don't know how much I buy that, but I love the idea of it. And I love that that's what they're pushing to the public. I think it's just a great message because this is exactly what me and you have been saying is we want to let this team grow, let them, let them build from the bottom up. And that's exactly what we're doing. I think, uh, I think Gerson probably would have made a trade uh, yeah. if I would have to bet on it. I think Gerson might've, and I, maybe that shows some maturity of Sachin to, you know, if it's not the perfect deal, don't, don't pull the trigger. Yeah. I, the, the player that I just have the most questions about is Josh Akogi. Um, he confused me. I, he, he, sometimes he plays a good amount and he plays well. And then sometimes he's on the bench, like he's Jake Lehman. And I do think that it's really important that we kept him around because when the playoffs come, he's going to be such a valuable defender to put on the other team's best player that I think it'll be completely worth it to have him around just for that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him in the playoffs if he does get a shot. Um, I think he will. I I would I would I would bet that if we get to the playoffs and we're going up against a team with a guard that's heavy scorer, I think you put a Kogi on him. He's a, he's our best defender. I w- I would bet a lot of my money. I would probably say 99% that he will not be on the team next year. I, I don't think we're going to resign him. But you know, it, yeah, I mean you got to utilize him in this playoff run. Um, and maybe this playoff run could boost the stock. Maybe he could get a contract, but I don't think he's going to want a minimum contract from the T wolves. I think he might go bet on himself somewhere else, but we'll have to see. I don't, I don't think a Kogi will be a Timberwolf next year, but I don't hey. know. Hey, that's okay. That's, that's okay, okay, man. Um, Carl, man, we, we usually, we don't talk about Carl much on these podcasts. Cause I think we just honestly forget about him. Most people, most Wolves fans forget about him. He's just, He's just been so consistent over the years, but last night, man, he took over. And when that shot's falling, he is insane because he has one of the best pump fakes in the league. The big centers don't know how to guard him out, out top. And it's incredible what he can do. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, he just does all this every single game. Um, he's, he's always going to be the rock on offense. He's always going to be super consistent. Um, you know, good shooting numbers. It, you know, it was uh, it was upsetting me last night that he wasn't getting the last two possessions that D'Angelo Russell got, you know, after hitting two giant threes. Um, I don't know if I don't know whose decision that was, but it, it was the wrong decision. I don't even think we would have. I don't think we would have went to overtime if Cat would have touched the ball in the last two. Yeah, I don't. That last shot that D'Angelo Russell had, it, it was horrible. And um, it was just a horrible possession, especially on a tie game. You don't need a three. No, you. You want, I mean, I would rather have D'Angelo Russell drive to the paint and try to get fouled than throw up that horrible three. So I don't know. I feel like we should have at least had a play because it was honestly just D'Angelo Russell dribble around a little bit and chuck up a three. We had 11 seconds. We could have ran a full play and not even have had to go to overtime. 
That's right. So, I don't know. But D'Angelo Russell, Chris, he is the clutch guy. Like that's his his role is when there's 10 seconds left in the game, it's his shot. So I I, I do get why they would go D'Angelo Russell instead of Cat. I think he's just got to play the hot hand there, man. Yeah, well, no. I don't know. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying yeah. I understand why D'Angelo Russell gets that shot because time and time again, he's proven that that's his shot. And he, uh, you know, he's had the interesting fan moments, um, but I really think – I really actually think he's handled it well. Um, that whole exchange with Jim Pete, I think they both handled it very maturely. And D'Angelo Russell giving us the game ball last night, I think that was – that was awesome. You usually don't have players interacting with fans like that. So I thought that was That's pretty right, cool. Man. That's right, man. You're part of, you got the game ball last night. I did. I did. I, and the target center, man, everyone was going crazy. It, it was the loudest arena I've ever been. I've been to the, maybe the two best games of the season so far. You have the, the, the heat and the Hornets game, but I also have been to a few of the worst games of the season so far. So I guess it's, it's trade-offs. I went to the magic game and the Pelicans game early. So. I haven't I haven't got to any good games yet this year. I got the Pelicans and the Thunder, and uh, we 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 won, we won the Thunder game, I guess, but it was it was a pretty brutal game. Yeah, man. So um, if we get to this playing game or a playoff game, how much are you willing to spend on a ticket to get in there? If we get so say we get the seven seed, we play the eight seed at home. Um, say Friday night, you can get a you can get a bus back or drive back here, go to the game. How much are you willing to spend on that? Um, you know, I think tickets will be around like for the upper deck. I mean, I'd probably spend a buck. I'd probably spend a hundred on a, on an upper deck one. I mean, I, would, I, I think both me and you both want to go to the game no matter what, but I, th- I think we can find some for a hundred. We just got to get them before they sell out. It's a big, yeah. Thing. I don't know. See that it's such a, like, I don't know if they're going to sell out or if it's going to be like, they're going to be trying to give them away because not, a, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell really yeah it, it is i i think if it's a four game series like i don't know i don't know if they're gonna sell out if we like i don't know i i guess i'm underestimating the timberwolves fans but i couldn't see them being over 100 for upper deck upper deck no. seats but no. I'll, I'll be there i'll be there no doubt about that um i want i was diving into the uh the bass hole uh archives a couple days ago and i saw we had a video on io desayumo and um it turned out to be a pretty solid video, but I rewatched it and I think I might have had one of the weirdest takes I've ever heard. I said that Io Desumo reminded me of Russell Westbrook without the athleticism. Yeah, it's a little interesting. I, just, I would I would say Io's Io's been pretty efficient. He's he's a good passer. Um he's a great defender though. That and you uh, you uh, you just went with the easy way out. You went with what all the analysts are saying. You said DeJounte Murray, which I think is a great comparison. Yeah, I, I was just trying to think way outside the box, and yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with it as much <laughs> anymore. Yeah, Russell Russell has been a story this year. Actually, like the team, I mean, the teams we were worried about at the beginning of the season for like the, the seventh or tens were were the Lakers. Actually, no, we weren't worried about the Lakers really because they were going to be the like, one seed, the, one through four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a turn of events for this Lakers team, man. And they're going to be okay. You think so? Yes. It's the Lakers. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. You know, that's a team that's a very plausible play. And, you know, if they get, if we get the seven, I, they, they get passed up at the 10. That'd be a tough. I mean, that would be a horrible draw. That'd be a horrible draw. If we had to play it, but that could be the the passing of the torch right there. If Anthony Edwards 
takes down LeBron in the playing game. That could be the start of the pass of the torch from goat to goat. Um, what do you think about the uh, James Harden Ben Simmons trade? I think we should maybe touch on that. Obviously, I mean, I think the who won I it? The, who won I it? Think, I can't say who won it yet because there's there's complications to the trade. I mean, I think the if the Nets knew they had to trade Harden and they got a lot for what you know they had, they were forced to give him up if he didn't want to be there. I mean, you got two first Seth Andre and Ben who. I mean, the Nets were on an 11 game losing streak in the first game. Seth and Drummond play. They beat, uh, I think, the Kings by like 20. So, I mean, the, the Nets got better for sure. The Nets got two really good role players, two firsts, and they got Ben Simmons, who's, I, I mean, I think he's going to fit well with KD and Kyrie. Um, but I, I think the other side, too, is the Sixers got a really, like, an, an MVP candidate, not this year, but I think, I think he's just a perennial MVP candidate. Um, it all depends on what Harden you're getting, though. You know, it 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 really does. And what if Harden just leaves this offseason? Because that's you know, he's a he has a player option. That's what I'm saying, man. I just um, I don't know. You get two players who just both force their ways out of organizations. Harden did it twice, back to back. So what's saying that he's not going to like it in Philly and just force his way out of there too? And I thought that the extension was part. I thought he that was part of the deal was that he was going to resign an extension. I don't know if that was confirmed or not, but I don't know. I You were the one who got me hyped up on Ben Simmons, and I, I'm all in on that. I think he has the makings to be, like, one of the best players in the league, man. And with that fit, and you're telling me you're giving Ben Simmons and you're giving him KD and Kyrie to pass to, and he can play that five ball, which most people say that that is where he plays best is when he plays the five. And when he's on the court with – Joel Embiid, it doesn't work. But you put him out there with those two guys, man, that, like, no one, why, I don't get why people are underestimating how scary. I think they might be better with Ben Simmons than they ever were with Harden. Very well could be, man. I think, I think people are underestimating the two firsts and the fifth best three points shooter by percentage of all time. I mean, the, the Nets, the Nets issue was the role players. They, they barely had any role players and they got an awesome starting shooting guard in Seth. And they got a big that can come off the bench. That's been playing unreal this year for the Sixers, by the way. Um, and you know, the, the Sixers got Millsap. Who I don't think he's going to contribute that much. He's all, he's an all time Tim Rose guy that we always think we're going to get. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I've never been high on Harden. I think he's just, no. I, he's not the type of guy I want on my team. And I think Ben Simmons has, you know, he's locked up for a while. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Kyrie and I think KD are both guys that can play off the ball really well. So, I mean, ben, Ben's going to play well there. I think, um, I think Ben Simmons really got the short end of the stick by the media and all that. I think he really got portrayed as a bad guy here. When, you know, he's obviously default for some of this, but I think he really got really got pushed as this like horrible teammate and all that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to see if he stayed in shape, if all this, and he can, he can make an impact. Why didn't he play first game back when Seth and uh, Drummond played? I think he's still revamping up. Cause he didn't, I mean, he didn't play one game for the, for the Sixers. So I think he's reconditioning and I actually, his target date is the next game against the Sixers after the break, I think. <sighs> So that could, that could be fun. That could be really fun. Going it's to Philly new, too. new rival. Like th that's like the new 
That's going to be crazy if they match up in the playoffs, man. I think I could, you had a point. I, I you 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 did have a point on Ben Simmons getting the short end of the stick, though, because I like it, we're in the age of players being able just to force their way out of any situation. So like, why does Harden not get any crap? Why right. does LeBron not get any crap? Harden did why the same it, shit, why man. Is it, why is it Ben Simmons that gets all the all the hate? When people forget, he was the guy who his head coach bashed him in front of like right at the end of the. He met. He had. He had one really bad series, um, and that was that game. One bad game. one 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 really bad play, honestly. Yeah. That one play is what did all this, and he shot horribly from the free throw line. But he was having one of his best seasons, was he not? I think people just forget he's a he's a three he's twenty five years old. He's a three time All Star and an All NBA. He he's made the third team All NBA and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate every single year. You're the one who you were the one who gave me got me this hype on this guy. That's why like but. If he had a jump shot, man, we he would be in in conversation for one of the best players in the league. Like it wouldn't even be a question. Maybe the best player in the league. I hope he, this whole I hope this whole time he's been working on his three and he just comes out and starts spraying in the first game. Well, what if it's all a plot? What about maybe two years ago he, when we remember when we saw those videos of him making threes in like the practice videos, him draining threes pregame too. Yeah, maybe that was real. And these last two years, he's been trying to get his way out of Philly quietly, not making threes, not taking threes. And what if he's just got a strap? Him and KD and Kyrie, they've all been talking about this. It And now he's a shooter. Put him on that team. Instant championship. I think the thing that's got to be mentioned, too, is what what's, what's Philadelphia's shooting coach doing? I mean, Ben Simmons is one case, but... You look at the other guy, Markel Fultz, Fultz, who comes comes out of Washington, uh, an amazing three-point shooter, mind you, and a really good free-throw shooter. And he comes to the NBA and he's just broke. Like, he just yeah. can't shoot. And But he goes to Orlando and he kind of gets fixed. Yeah, he had, he had a good couple. Before he tore his ACL last year, he was averaging like 18 a game. Yeah, he was six minutes. Was that this year that he tore his ACL? I thought it was last year and he's still recovering. Like, he's still coming back. Okay, that's good then, because he. I always loved Markel. I yeah. I was high on him. I thought he should have been the number one pick when he got picked number one. I always was like, "What happened to this guy?" But um, I don't know, man. I I like I like this drama that the NBA is stirring up. It seems real. It seems real. It's not this fake stuff that they're just trying to make up. Like I think the Embiid Simmons thing is is legit, and it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I hope it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, we covered you covered a lot today. We, yeah, I think so. I think we, we covered everything we need to. We got got to talk about a little NBA stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more to talk about. I hope Ant goes off, or I hope uh, Jaden goes off. I hope Cat wins three-point contest. I don't know. It'll be a nice break. Um, I guess it's not really a break for us because we've just been taking breaks every two weeks. But um, <laughs> Break for the Wolves. Break for the Wolves. Yeah, maybe we'll – I don't know. we got to do a live stream here soon. When we get back, right when we get back, those are a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, everyone, thanks for watching. Hope you guys have a great, uh, great rest of your week. And Chris, we'll see you later, man. We'll see you.